we have an exciting episode going on today um, with Mr. Brad Minton, and I'll let him introduce himself in a second. But I want to just kind of introduce this episode a little bit. So there's a world of possibilities out there when it comes to careers and helping that next generation find their true calling can be both exciting and daunting, especially for parents and especially for the students. Like, what am I going to do with my life? And so we wanted to shed some light on this crucial topic today. And on this episode, we have not just one career coach, but we have two career coaches. So both Brad Mitten and I both specialize in guiding Gen Z, you know, those youngsters through the unique maze of career options that exist out there. We help them uncover their passions, their strengths, and unique ways to find success and what that looks like for them. Welcome to Adulting Unplugged, the podcast that's all about the real life skills and knowledge you need to navigate the world of adulthood successfully. I'm your host, Tracy Bacon-Haster, and I'm here to guide you through the ups and downs of parenting a self-sufficient, confident, and empowered adult. We believe that adulting doesn't come with a manual, but it does come with a community. That's why we're here to provide you with expert insights, practical advice, and inspiring stories to help you thrive. Whether you're a parent guiding the next generation, a recent graduate, a young professional, or anyone navigating the complexities of adulthood, this podcast is for you. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and let's dive into the world of Adulting Unplugged. So today's conversation is really going to go beyond your traditional career advice. You know, anybody can Google stuff on careers, but I think when we get a really deep dive and talk about the challenges and all those things together, we get to bring a lot of experience and insight to families that are listening to this and students as well that might be listening or mom and dad are like, hey, listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So whether you're just that young adult kind of trying to figure it out or you're a parent really trying to help your student, this is a great episode to tune into to help find that path. We all know what it looks like when you you know, graduate high school and you think you got it all figured out and then you fall flat on your face because you really don't have it all figured out. And that's okay. And that's normal. But we don't want you to go through the rest of life still trying to figure it out. I mean, I'm sure Brad can attest to it as well. I know people in their 50s and 60s that have just worked in jobs they've hated and been miserable their whole life because they never really found their true calling and what they wanted to do. So I'm so excited to have Brad on today. So Brad, thank you and welcome to Adulting Unplugged. We're excited to have you. And I'm going to turn over you for a minute and just let you kind of tell the audience more about you and your experience and kind of what you do. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks. Thank you, Tracy, so much for allowing me the opportunity to jump on this. Um, over the past couple of months of your platform, and uh, I uh, I reached out to you some time ago because I thought you know it, it's very inspiring and it's so needed uh, right now. Um, so I just wanted to find any way that I could kind of contribute to you. So, um, but yeah, just to to give a little quick background, um, I've been working in the uh, career coaching space for probably about 12 years now. Um, I originally started out my career in mental health and I worked as a, a therapist for a couple of years and then uh, just sort of happenstance. I just happened to come across um, uh, an opportunity that presented itself um, to lean a little bit more into the the career side of counseling um, and um, and have an opportunity to work in that space in higher education. So I worked with uh, college students at a uh, local community college and then kind of branched out into a university, worked there for a period of time. And um, over the course of time, really expanded that into uh, my own business, uh, meant to be career that I started about three years ago during the pandemic. 
And um, I also now work with an educational services agency where I get to do what I love, just kind of do it differently. So I'm working with recent high school graduates um, all over Wayne County, Michigan, uh, who are just trying to find their place in the world, trying to make that transition into adulthood, trying to figure out what's next and go through all of the the bumps, the hurdles <laughs> that uh, that come along with that process. That's awesome. I know for my Ohioans, don't don't get offended that I have a, you know, a, a northerner on the show on the week <laughs> yeah. of Thanksgiving, like big game this weekend. Ooh, but it's yeah. we love Brad. I'm, Brad's awesome. <laughs> I'm from Virginia originally. So if that's any consolation. <laughs> Perfect. That's much better. We will take that. That's fine. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. And I love that trajectory that you went on to. And I think that's what's so cool about career coaching is you fell into this because you were working in a counseling space, but like a totally different area and and kind of then what, what kind of triggered that? Like got into the career piece where you just kind of counseling somebody someday and they just had some career <laughs> issues or were trying to find their purpose. And you're like, huh, you know, I like this. One of the things that I often tell the students and the clients that I have is um, that if you put yourself in a position to observe and you put yourself in a position to maybe experience or fail or whatever. If, if you're just putting yourself in the right position, sometimes uh, clues will unearth themselves and you will, you will pick up those clues and you will kind of see how they fit into the greater, uh, the greater picture of your life. And uh, that's really was the case for me. So, you know, I, I took a chance in moving to Michigan when I realized I was going to have a family, um, you know, coming. I I was living in Virginia at the time, and uh, one of the very first jobs that I took after moving to Michigan was working in a residential treatment facility, and um, it was challenging. It was definitely challenging. It it pushed me in a lot of different ways. But one of the things that really came as a part of that experience was I, I was just realizing that certain conversations that I was having with my, uh, my, my clients, uh, who were all adolescents, by the way, a lot of the conversations that I was having were really, really firing me up. And some were just, I was just going through the motions. And I, and I realized, and I started paying attention to which ones did I really, really enjoy the most? Where was I getting that sense of energy from? And it was really conversations about what's next, the future, building, creating, innovating, um, finding, um, finding the path towards what's possible. And I was like, man, I really, really enjoy this. Where can I get this more? I, I immediately kind of thought, wow, you know, maybe I could take that into education because I loved having the conversation about how does education fit into your life? And, and um, so I thought, you know, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I need to uh, return to school and uh, get my license to work in, you know, K through 12. And that was originally the intent. <laughs> and so I got to that place and I went through, um, I got my surf, or my license uh, to be able to work in K through 12 and applied for a couple of different jobs. But it was really, really interesting that, you know, just how timing happens to work out. But uh, I'm taking my daughter to a swimming class one night. And I just happened to sit uh, next to someone who uh, was the dean of a local community college, uh, one of the deans, <laughs> and her daughter and my daughter knew each other, but we had never met. And we just started a conversation and she was kind of like, you know, asking me about what I did and, you know, um, what I was interested in and so forth. And we just kind of struck up a conversation. But, you know, that ultimately, you know, fast forward led to a job. And uh, it was working at a community college and I stayed there for seven years. And I, once I got in there and once I re, um, 
realized, oh, all my conversations are like that. I get to have future conversations. I get to like talk about whether it was building classes, whether it was talking about next semester, or it was talking about three years from now. I get to have those conversations about what they were going to do. And um, and then opportunities started presenting themselves. I, um, uh, I was able to take this real uh, interest of having those career conversations and now actually uh, start teaching courses. We had a course there called Career Decision Making. And uh, I was like, yes, please, can I do this? <laughs> and uh, luckily a spot opened up. I was able to teach it for a semester and loved it. And then when I started seeing, you know, the, the kids that I was working with really, really having some, some great interactions, some, the feeling like they were building momentum um, of course, not. I'm not expecting them to walk out of a 15-week class knowing what they're going to do forever and ever, but just feeling like, okay, they're empowered now and they feel like they have a little bit more sense of direction than they had coming in. Okay, then that that was really reassuring and and yeah, and then I was hooked after that point. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's awesome. It's so funny too, because um, for those that don't know, my background with that when I went to college, I was at community college and I was trying to figure it out. I changed my major probably three or four times and I was just like completely lost. And I went to our career services office and started working with a career coach at my community college. And that's kind of what helped me get on the trajectory of business. Still never thought entrepreneurship was a thing, but I knew I wanted to do business. And that is just like you said, once I had that direction, then those clues and other things came along and that passion and those things started to come out, which is then why I started my business. So I love that. And I think that that's so powerful. And I'm sure you could agree, like, it's great to be able to work with students when they're in college, but that's it's not too late. But at the same time, it's like, man, you, you want to figure this out a little bit sooner because you don't want to be in that space where you're changing your major a bunch of times and kind of taking on debt, trying to figure it all out instead of getting help in the beginning or even before you start college. Mm-hmm. I, let's let's talk about that a little more because I think Gen Z is a very unique generation. And that's I know who you and I both really focus on. Mm-hmm. So how would you describe their characteristics and kind of what when it comes to careers and kind of what do you see a lot in this generation? Ooh, such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting. I think the one thing that is hard about this particular generation is really making any sort of statement that covers the entire spectrum um, because I've seen so much variability between them. Um, I've seen ones that are super hardworking, super ambitious. I think one thing that I could definitely say across the board is um, there's definitely an aspect of an entrepreneurial nature, um, the uh, desire to want to be independent, to have some creative control over their career, to not feel as though they're they're going to be in a position where they're micromanaged. I can say that that's a, a pretty consistent theme, um, but uh, but yeah, there's always exceptions to the rules. But the on the other side, I definitely think this is also the the COVID generation. This is the generation that really, really got hit with a terrible pandemic at the worst possible time. Um, they were either in middle school or high school, and and that's not a, a real good time for a multitude of different reasons, be it social or just trying to. Uh, trying to formulate a game plan about what's next when you don't know what's next. Uh, and it's hard to get 
stability in that when the world is constantly changing and, and how we're adapting to it. And so um, I have have seen just in the last few years a definite uptick in uh, kids that are intentionally taking gap years, mm-hmm. um, ones that are saying, you know what, I I just don't have my ducks in a row and I don't feel quite assured in that just yet. And before I move on anything, I want to I want to have some time to really reflect on what's best for me. And I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Um, I actually, I think that that's incredibly wise. I, you know, I would never want anyone to rush into any sort of uh, program, be it community college or university or trade school or anything where they're going to incur a lot of time, money, energy into something in which they're not fully invested yet. So I actually think that that's a... uh, uh, that's a very, very smart move on that uh, on that end. But yeah, just off the top, I mean, those are those are some of the things that I've definitely seen as commonalities for sure. No, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, definitely the entrepreneurship thing is huge. They definitely do not want people majority, <laughs> like you said, not everybody mm-hmm. majority in the generation. They want to be able to have that freedom, creativity, do their own thing, um, kind of be trusted to just run with it, which is really interesting. They don't want the micromanagement. They don't want all that, which mm-hmm. I don't like that either, which is, but that's again, entrepreneurship. I don't want somebody <laughs> telling me what to do. And I also do agree that they this generation has been impacted quite heavily during those, those pro times and the gap year thing. It's kind of like a new concept. Some people are just like, so what's a gap year? What's the benefit of a gap year? I mean, let's, I want to dive into a little more because what a lot of people don't realize is there's actual gap year programs that exist out there. Mm -hmm. Like before it was, oh, you just don't do anything for a year. You just go work at McDonald's or wherever and just kind of do life for a little bit. And it's really now there's a lot of structure behind gap years to help you figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of some too. I went to a homeschool conference a couple of years ago and a ton, there's probably like at least 15 booths of just gap year programs at this conference. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. I, I'm like taking all their cards and like resources because I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, everything from camps and experiences to travel abroad to all kinds of things. And I think that is so crucial because it's getting students those life skills. It's giving them exposure to opportunities and things that exist that can maybe then help them decide on a career path or what to do next, whether it's college or like you said, maybe an apprenticeship or trade school or something of that nature. So mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, however, I think with Gen Z, and we always have this with generations, I keep seeing all the like the memes and all the things about it. Like <laughs> all the older generations are like, I don't understand these kids and all this other stuff. But let's be honest, all the generations have had that before. Like when we were youth, oh, yeah. we're like, oh, millennials, what's wrong with you? I don't understand exactly. you guys. Exactly. They still don't understand <laughs> us and it's fine. <laughs> but I think it is a little different these days because of social media and just all these aspects. So, I mean, how would like how do you handle that when you're working with maybe Gen Z students, or even like talking with parents, like, okay, how do you parents approach this generation of your kids to help them find this, their path and help them to kind of figure out if they should do a gap year, if they should go to college, like what they should be doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just, I guess, circling back on one thing regarding the gap years, uh, and, and really having that be a an alternative um, and one that is maybe of equal value. You know, I think it's it will uh, really start coming more and more into the equation as 
those types of opportunities come up and and become more prevalent where you know we're seeing that change with apprenticeships right with skilled trades you know for the long time skilled trades was the uh the redheaded stepchild you know where it was like okay that's just that's where people go who aren't you know deemed uh, you know uh college ready and it's an actuality it couldn't be further from the truth there's so many incredible incredible career paths that um are are done via the apprenticeship model you know um but it's and it's not even construction right it's it's healthcare mm-hmm. it's tech you know uh yep. it's even you know, we're seeing it in, in even in education and so um it's really really you know the 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 prospect of you know what an individual can do after high school i think is is now becoming you know really really robust in terms of options and and i i think gap year certainly is getting a little bit more understanding in terms of the value that it that it does bring and there are some some great great initiatives and in fact in uh, two months um ann arbor public schools who um are close to us they're about you know 30 minutes away um they're hosting a gap year fair and you know br- yeah bringing in uh, different individuals from from uh, programs that really support these initiatives that are really built on gaining exposure. So I think one of the things that really uh, sort of correlates to this entire to this entire uh, conversation is really the aspect of uh, experience and how much experience is one actually getting just through high school curriculum to really and truly learn about themselves, learn about their strengths, learn about what they value, learn about unique challenges that they can work on and the things that they contribute to. Yes. I mean, there are programs that are, are, are available, you know, career tech education, you know, being one of them, but how often are, are the majority of kids really taking advantage of those? And, you know, there's so many things that are just being underutilized um, and that capacity to really learn about themselves, build transferable skills, and and find how those things, di- you know, really translate uh, to different careers. And so, I, I think whether it be community college, university, uh, or any other of the available options, I think one of the things is just really kind of thinking about how can we leave current high school students, you know, be it juniors, seniors, or whatever, how can they leave high school with more career readiness skills than they came in with? You know, how can they build up that toolkit, you know, communication skills, critical thinking skills, time management, the ability to collaborate in, uh, in teams? How can they get a pulse for what's really needed in the workforce and how can that be incorporated into the curriculum? And if it's not incorporated into the curriculum, how can they get it in other places? How can they find it through their work experience, through internships, um, through you know some of these uh, offerings that are available? Volunteer, volunteer work. I mean, it's an incredible avenue to be able to to build skills, work towards a cause, um, find other people to network with who can help you in your career that that um, that can accelerate your growth. And so there's so many different ways, but I think it's just about really kind of looking at holistically what what is going to make you an, an, a, you know an, an asset in the next phase, whether you are a community college student, whether you're a trade school student, whether you are just a, you know an employee at your you know current company. 
Yeah, I love this. I'm like trying not to like nerd out here because it's like, oh, <laughs> like what I say all the time, everybody who knows me, like I preach this all the time. Like there are so many options and there's just so many pathways and things. And like you said, it's just leveling the playing field. Not one is better than any of the others. Like whether you're going to a gap yeah. year, doing an apprenticeship, going in skilled trades, going to college, like they're all, I mean, the military, they're all phenomenal pathways. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my biggest frustrations sometimes is when you see a student that has that potential to excel in one of those areas, but they're held back by family, you know, family's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's Mm -hmm. beneath you. Or that like the mindset is still there. And I think we as society and we as parents really need to work on shifting that and kind of take away our own pride for a second. And that fear of embarrassment, like, Oh, my kid's going to be an electrician. They're not going to go to Harvard. Like, yeah, but guess what? (laughs) They're going to be an electrician and five years they own in their own company and they're making over six figures a year with no debt. And they have a house Mm -hmm. at 22. Like, yeah, is that really something to be ashamed of? (laughs) And I think that's where we as society have kind of and I know that shift, like everybody's talking about it, but the shift is still slowly changing when it's in the schools or at home and people mm-hmm. are talking about it. And I've even heard parents talking about it when they turn around, oh, but not my kids. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, but wait a minute. You just said that that's cool, but not for your kids. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love this conversation. And I think this is something we can even talk more about because when we talk about career exploration, like you said, it's that hands-on piece. It's the trying it out. I mean, I know when I work with clients and I know you do too, like it is, okay, how can we get hands-on? How can you see multiple things and how can you get that experience? How can you find volunteer opportunities or doing internships and just really just figuring out what that looks like? And I love that you brought up the aspect of those life skills, those essential career and life skills that are seriously lacking in schools. And these mm-hmm. kids are lacking this stuff. And then they're coming out and they're going to college and they're still not getting it. And they get into the workforce and the employer's kind of like, okay, you can pass a test, but you can't talk <laughs> to people. So mm-hmm. wait, some, something went wrong. So I, I mean, I, I love that this that you said Ann Arbor is doing that and bringing that gap year of like kind of supporting that space. But I think we need to go beyond that. And yes, bringing those skills in the classroom or partnering with organizations that, you know, that, I mean, that's why I started what I started, as you know, like, you know, that yes. story of adulting university because that is a huge gap. I would love your your thoughts on this at, from a career perspective. So I was at yes. a luncheon a couple weeks back and it was with one of our local school districts and businesses. And they had interviewed some of the Gen Z students on what they, that had just graduated high school in the last year or two and like kind of what they wanted, what they liked in the workforce and definitely a lot of things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But the really interesting piece on it was the ex- expectation now is on the employers to provide this skill training. It's not job training. It's how to be an adult training, like how to talk to mm-hmm. people, how to, you know, write resumes, how to do all the stuff that society is now expecting that to go on to the employers. So, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Cause I know I have my opinions about it, but. <laughs> ooh, ooh, you know, that's rough. That, I mean, that's, that's really rough. And that you're right. That's opening Pandora's box. <laughs> you know, in a perfect world, I would probably assume you feel the same that that wouldn't be the case. <laughs> but, you know, I really think that that speaks more to what they're not getting before that. And, uh, and that's a disappointment because if we are doing as we've 
done for so long. And I, again, I say it's opening up Pandora's box because it's really a conversation about our education system. But if we're if we're kind of doing how we have been doing for so long, which is teaching to a test or really just kind of, you know, hoping that that students learn um, theoretical knowledge, um, different concepts and, and things like that. Yes, while that's that still can um, help them in a number of ways to to um, to really be more balanced and learn about the world in, in different ways, it, it really has to, to go beyond that in terms of practice. It needs to to translate into real life and in some capacity. And if and if it's not, then we're doing a, a real disservice because they're going to experience that at some point in time. And the the countries in, in other parts of the world have already gotten that. They've they're on a completely different wavelength in, in terms of how they approach this. It, it needs to have some sort of sort of function <laughs> uh, in order to be relevant. And so, and math can do that, right? I mean, there's so like you know there there's so much ragging on math, but math is absolutely essential to so much of of the technology that we use and and how we we go about our daily lives and you know behind the scenes and um but there needs to be that aspect it can't just be learning numbers for the sake of learning numbers but again you know this is just my opinion i'll own it <laughs> um but you know the the soft skills piece is you know that that really shouldn't fall on the employers to be able to do because we're already asking them to to uh, teach technical uh, skills and get them caught up on things that are essential to the job. Um, that's going to take considerably more time and more bandwidth and set them back potentially. So why is that on them? Because you know we're not you know preparing our young people to be able to to hit the ground running on those things that are essential and and I think those are the things that um that you know for a long time we've in the the career services space we've really even gotten away from calling them soft skills because they're essential skills they're critical skills they're they're not soft they're things that are absolutely necessary they're imperative in order for for survival as an employee so yeah no I completely agree and I think it's just that what's happened is everything's got put on the back burner, even though it's funny because you see in society and there's all these grants out there, right, to help bring career readiness to schools and doing all these things. <laughs> and schools are like, cool, we'll take the money and we're going to you know, do this. But let's be honest, are they really fully implementing it? And again, it's not on them 100% like it's their fault. They're limited mm -hmm. capacity. You know, they have mm -hmm. to meet state requirements. They have to do mm -hmm. these other things. Mm -hmm. So. I think that that's just a big conversation that needs to keep happening because in making, like you said, it needs to keep having conversation. We need to do something about it. Like it needs mm -hmm. to change. Something needs to happen. The way the education system is, I 100% agree, is it is very broken and mm -hmm. it is doing a disservice to the, to our youth because they're coming out completely unprepared. Um, I mean, even in our career tech world, I mean, it was I had an amazing opportunity a couple weeks ago to do a resume workshop with a bunch of Skills USA kiddos. And I loved it. And it was awesome. And they were like eating it up. They they are like, this is great. And they're asking me questions. They're coming up to me at the end. Can you look at my resume? Like, and it was so funny because I think a lot of people are like, oh, they don't care about resumes. They don't care about this stuff. We're just putting the back burner. But the reality is this generation, they do know that that stuff is valuable. They do yes. understand it's important, but they just don't have the support to get, make it happen. And because we came in, I'm like, I know this is not the most fun topic, guys, but let's make it awesome the best we can. And they asked questions. They were probably the most engaged I've ever had 
and it was a resume building. Like it was so funny, but it's just, again, they, they're like, I know this is important. I know I need to have a solid resume because they get it. So like, I'm going into the real world. I'm going to have to get a job. Mm-hmm. And the templates that they were doing came from their English class and the English yeah. class templates were like 30 years old. Like, I'm like, that's not helping them at all. <laughs> Right. But you're right. You're right. Once they can kind of see and make that connection that this is something that I will be using, this does have relevance for me. Um, there is a, there's a completely level of different level of motivation. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see that sometimes, you know, even with, with, you know, youth who are a little bit more disconnected, you know, if you like, sometimes you, you come into a classroom and it's just, you can tell that they're, you know, that, Lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> and so it takes a little bit of finesse. It takes a little bit of more coaxing. And that's why I will never, ever uh, say anything disparaging about teachers. Um, they are phenomenal um, for for what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I experienced that not too long ago. And it just, it took a little bit of time. It took a little bit of, you know, building some uh, some mental momentum. But then once they started getting it, once they started seeing the connection to their own lives and started saying about, oh, okay, this is this really does resonate because mm-hmm. this matters. And this is something that I, I can actually use not just today, but tomorrow and next week and next year. And it, it's a different feel for sure. It is. It is. And I know it's not, we, me and you could talk about this all day long because I know we're both very <laughs> passionate about it and very, because we want our, our youth to succeed, right? We don't want them to yeah. struggle like generations before them with all this stuff. I mean, the skills have significantly reduced. And I think technology is to blame a little bit too. Everything's a little too easily accessible where mm-hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of impact there, but so we bring it back to career exploration. I know you do work with mm-hmm. students in that space. And I know we've talked a little more career readiness, but they kind of go hand in hand in a way because mm-hmm. by getting that career readiness, you're getting those essential skills. You might fall into something that you really enjoy. It's helping you prepare for that career path, whatever you're going into. But I mean, when you work with students, kind of what, I mean, I know, I think our approaches are very similar, but I would love to hear mm-hmm. from you kind of like, how do you approach that with students? How do you kind of help them navigate finding that path and like, what does that look like or any tips and tricks you could offer to, to folks as well? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm just a huge, huge proponent of self-awareness, but holistic self-awareness. And I think it's so, so important that no matter how they get it, uh, that a, a young person, a 15, 16, 17 year old individual who's you know, on the cusp of, of graduating or, you know, thinking about what's next. I think it's so important to have the time that they can spend just on looking within. And they don't get that very often. Everything's kind of like, you know, preparing for their next exam or uh, the next sporting event or practices or rehearsals or this or that or clubs. And um, it, it's really not a lot of time in there um, to really take that inventory. And I know that I know that schools do incorporate um, those elements in there. But what's the follow-up after that? It, you know they they may take a test or they may use a certain platform um, to you know assess interest. Well, that's great, and that's might be um, you know a good thing to kind of get the wheels turning a little bit, but that's one aspect. You know, interest alone is not the end all be all because, you know, you could be super interested in something, but really it, it 
maybe it's not going to mesh well with your your personality preferences and and how you want to work, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you could have a misalignment there. I could be super interested in something, but maybe I have no skill or no aptitude to develop skill in that area. So interest alone is is very surface level, and that's not going to really provide a, a lot of depth to be able to um, to be able to navigate through when things come up and then when challenges present themselves that that take them off course. Um, so one of the things that that I like to do is really look at look at the entire person. I like to go back in time. I like to kind of look a little bit in terms of what are some uh, themes that present in their highest moments and their lowest moments. It's a little neat tool that I picked up uh, from another career coach that I never used to do, but I actually have been incorporating into my work for, for some time. And, you know, I uh, look at how they tell stories about the um, events that have shaped their life. Um, times where they've been really, really happy, times they've been very, very proud, successful, um, and times where things haven't worked out, where times where they've been defeated and sad. And I and I'm the type of person, like I said before, where I'm collecting puzzle pieces. And so I'm listening to those stories and I'm kind of seeing what seems to be popping out in terms of what they value, uh, their resiliencies, their strengths. Um, and so and then after I start collecting those um, elements of the past, then I start looking at the present. You know, uh, what do they value in terms of work today? You know, is it independence? Is it? Um, the ability to to work creatively is it a lot of uh, teamwork or or what have you? So I look at at values. Um, I I obviously look in, at interest because that's a, an important element of it too. And then I look at I'm a a, a huge uh, advocate for personality. So I I look at um, the the traits uh, in terms of their personality and preferences and and how they operate, how they make decisions, how they think about things. And then I also um, uh, sort of the kingpin uh, is strengths. You know, what are their talents? Um, what has history taught them about what they do well? What do other people tell them that they do well? Mm -hmm. And um, which can provide some really, really uh, helpful clues because a lot of times they'll discredit their own <laughs> their own talents. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so I, I sometimes uh, will, uh, if they're really struggling with that, I'll say, all right, I, I want you to to go on a scavenger hunt and find out what do what do other people think that you're a rock star at, and um, and they have to collect those clues and kind of bring it back to me. And they're like, "Yeah, I don't want to admit it, but that was good." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had one of my clients actually just just say that there was like, "Yeah, you know, that was so uncomfortable to ask people that, but I'm so glad that I did." <laughs> you know. And so, it, because it is, it's it's really insightful because you know we I, we just we do we we want to. Uh, we, it's very, very easy to pick up what we don't do well over time and uh, and focus in on that. But that's obviously not going to lead you to anything productive. And then the last and final thing that I personally love, um, and, and this is, you know, after kind of taking those, the inventory of, uh, so I'm kind of looking at it in three different phases, the past, the present, and then I'm also thinking about the future. And so when I'm kind of looking at the future, I'm leaning heavily in a, uh, a practice or a method uh, called the challenge mindset. And anybody who knows me knows that I love SparkPath. I love JP Michelle and his, 
his platform. And the challenge mindset, whether you're using the cards or you're using a similar principle, is just about what problems and what challenges would you like to work on? What inspires you? If you could be a catalyst to create a solution, what would be meaningful enough for you to contribute your time and energy to? You know, is it climate change? Is it improving healthcare uh, or the healthcare system? Is it about um, creating more, um, you know, uh, uh, more energy sustainability? Is it, you know, trying to find uh, a better, more advanced way to integrate AI uh, into our life? Um, it could be any number of different things, but that's really where I think the rubber can meet the road. Whereas, like, okay, I've collected all these clues about who I am as a person, and now let me think about how that fits into to a really, really inspiring mission. And what's really cool about that is that now if I have this challenge or this problem that I want to be, be able to work on or contribute to, I'm not limited into one job title. I'm not limited into, this is the only way that I can do that, you know, because if I am really passionate about climate change, okay, I, I can work in data analytics. I can do research. I can get in, involved in advocacy. I can be a legislator. You know, I, there's so many different ways I can tackle that, but I can use the clues that I've collected about who I am to think about, well, what is the best way for me to be able to tackle that challenge? Knowing my strengths, knowing what I value, knowing how I operate, how I make decisions and all those different types of things. So it's really just a, a process of, you know, um, of collecting those clues and building that puzzle. I love that. And especially the puzzle aspect, because that's exactly what it is. It's putting all these different parts and pieces together and then kind of the, that guiding piece. And really what you're doing is just what coaching is about is kind of you're helping them gather all this information to help them start to be like, oh, like the light bulb moments. Oh, my goodness. I never thought mm -hmm. about this. That's one of my favorite things when I when I first work with a student, we sit down and I just like start asking tons of questions, like their favorite subjects and just learning all about them and like what they excelled in, what they didn't like, what they do like about work and all these different aspects. And as we start to do a lot of them are just like, man, that's a good question. Like I've never thought about that. Never before. thought about it. Mm -hmm. And it's, they just don't because they're not asked those questions. And I think that is so powerful. And I, I love your process with the, with the students, especially that the more purpose kind of feel like what gets you excited? Like, what is that motivation? What do you feel like you're called to do? And that's like, what is that difference I want to make? If I could change the world, what is it going to be? What does that impact look like? Mm -hmm. I love that because I think a lot of people sometimes that's, that's what I hear a lot with the older populations is like when they're unhappy in a career, they're like, I feel like I have no purpose. Or mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not fulfilling my purpose or any of these things. And that's really the disappointment. It's not that they just hated their job. They might have been like, okay, I like my job, but I feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm not making a difference. I'm not fulfilling why I'm here. And then that's what causes the frustration and the that whole midlife crisis piece and all those things that happen. And I think if we can help our youth on the front end, find out like, what are you passionate about? And it's okay if it shifts and changes. Yeah. But really, if you really do find what you're passionate about, it's not going to probably change. Like you said, the job part mm -hmm. might change and how you get there might change, but what mm -hmm. you're passionate about probably won't change significantly unless, mm -hmm. you know, we all know that life events and things happen that might send a totally different trajectory. But mm -hmm. I love that. I love that, that concept of putting all those parts and pieces together. Do you, when you work with your, your clients, do you do a lot? Like, okay, once you've kind of found some pathways for them, 
do you do anything helping them? I guess more like get the experience side. Like I know for me, I'm, I always recommend doing informational interviews or job shadows mm-hmm. or trying to find internships. And then we work through that together because I'm always a big proponent of, okay, you found some careers you're really interested in. That's great. Let's try them out or at least talk to somebody in that field to learn more about it because I think that is crucial. And that's where a lot of students, they're like, oh, didn't know that because I couldn't find that online about that mm-hmm. career field. And they're like, yeah, you had to talk to somebody or see it in action. So, I mean, do you do work that in a little bit as well when you work with clients? 100%. And I, I think uh, for all the reasons that that you stated, um, everything looks good, you know, at face value. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, you know, if you if you come across a video or if you read an article or, you know, if you go to, you know, a, a website designed specifically for career exploration, of course, they're going to present it in a really, really sexy way. <laughs> you know, they're going to try to make it sound good. Um, but then when you, when you get there and when you experience it, it's a different feel. And so, you know, anytime that you can take that information and, and that's, that's, too uh, applies to so many of the other things because of course you know you could you could certainly make the argument that um you had mentioned like electrician you know um i know uh, there's uh electricians um that are coming out of their apprenticeship programs here and they're making 45 dollars an hour and for you know a, a kid who's hands-on learner um analytical really likes the idea of you know of doing that type of work that looks extremely attractive right but they can get really sucked into one facet and you know the the money alone can can be that hook but then when they start looking at other areas they start um neglecting you know the the full scope you know mm-hmm. very very long hours lots of time on your feet you know um potential sacrifices that you have to make in your personal life and um, you know, all of those other things that, that come with it. And depending on your value system, depending on the things that, that matter to you the most, um, they might be deal breakers and mm-hmm. you don't, you don't know until you have that opportunity. So, yeah, I think any, any time that you have the capability, um, you know, whether it is just a conversation, that's great. And, you know, the, the informational interviews are, are huge. They're so huge. And anytime you have the capability to to speak with someone and get that raw authentic understanding as to to what it's like to be in that field um one of the things that i'm a huge huge proponent of on along the lines of informational interviews is being really strategic on who you uh interview with um i i always tell like my uh, my recent high school graduates that i'm working with you know the 18 year olds you know, don't interview somebody in their 40s, you know, who's been in the career for 25 years or whatever. Not saying that they're not going to have anything of value, but it's going to be a lot harder to relate to. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, you want somebody who is uh, maybe a second year apprentice. That would be great. You know, somebody who's, you know, maybe two years in, or you want somebody who is a little bit more, you know, along the path. So, uh, one of the things I do a lot if I can, as I'll try to maybe do some digging, try to, you know, make my connections or whatever. And I want to get them connected to somebody who's in the path. You know, I had a young, young kid that I worked with, um, uh, who was really, um, interested in architecture Mm -hmm. and, uh, he was trying to figure out, should I go to this school or this school? 
And he had it all, all narrowed down to two schools and it was kind of like, Ugh, you know, so I just <laughs> kind of figured out who to go to. And I got him connections to two students who were already in the program at, at both schools just to get that student perspective of what it's like and, and what he can be prepared for. Um, and that was really insightful for him. And it ultimately kind of helped him kind of uh, it was the tipping point. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a great aspect. And even like like you said, it doesn't have to be just careers. It can be colleges. It can be all these places, even employers like Mm-hmm. Let me talk to an employee that works in this company before accepting the job position. Like, I think people don't realize you're allowed to do that. Like, you're yes. allowed to talk to people <laughs> to see if it's a good fit for you and kind of get their perspective. I always tell my students, I'm like, I always encourage it. Absolutely. I'm telling them sometimes take it with a grain of salt. You never know if you're going to get a negative Nancy who just hates life and hates everything. <laughs> and they're going to tell you how horrible their job is. Or you get the person that just loves everything, even if it does suck. So I'm mm-hmm. like, it's good to kind of talk to a variety of people and get different perspectives. But I, I love that aspect of talking to people in the in the areas you're interested in. And I think that's something that parents can kind of step into and help with. Like, okay, parents, what connections do you have in your network that you can connect your kiddos to? Even if they are older adults, it's still better than nothing. And then mm-hmm. helping them navigate, okay, how can I get my kid connected to somebody at a college that's already in this program or something like that? Because I think a lot of times parents are like, cool, how do I help my kid figure out their career path? And I think sometimes as parents, I know my parents did this to me because I loved as a kid arguing for some reason. I'm not big on it now. I'm very like middleman and try to like see everybody's point of view. But when I was younger, I loved to argue, but it was always like my family, you know, it was like that thing. So my parents always like, you'd be a great lawyer. And I'm so glad I didn't listen to them because I would hate that. I would be so miserable as an attorney. And, but I think a lot of students get that and their parents are like kind of, oh, I see this skill and I see this potential in you. So I'm going to put this career on you. And then a lot of times kids go into that because mom and dad told me or mom and dad encouraged it. And I know parents Mm -hmm. don't have bad intentions behind it. But that's their way of trying to help. Like, okay, I want to help you find your career path. I think you'd be good at this, or I really can see you as that. And then the kid doesn't want to let mom and dad down. And then it becomes this whole thing. Yes. And I think this is an area where parents can really step in and help their kids start to find those puzzle pieces. Even if they don't have all the resources and tools and don't know how to get all of the pieces together, they can at least start to put the puzzle together with them, helping their student find their passions, their strengths helping them find what they're gets them excited, trying out things like encouraging volunteering, helping them connect to people and talk to different industries. Because I think a lot of times parents want to really help their kids in that space. They just don't know how to. And I think mm-hmm. what we're talking about right now are ways that parents can kind of step into that. If you're not ready to hire, you know, a career coach like us to really dig in and help your kiddo, it's there's ways at home that you can start to do this. And same with teachers and schools and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know we've been talking and I definitely want to have Brad back and we'll talk more about this stuff because I think we could go on for days and days about exactly. all the all the things and all the <laughs> advice and experience. But <laughs> if you were to give, let's start with, we'll give parents advice and we'll give some students advice. So if you oh, were yeah. to give parents one piece of advice in the career exploration journey with their kiddo, what would that be? Deep. It's <laughs> so deep. <laughs> and it's hard to limit to just one. I know. I think, and it's probably going to be very similar to what I would maybe suggest for uh, for students as well. But I think it's just, um, I think it's kind of what we have gone back to saying uh, throughout this podcast about exposure 
and about um, building momentum. Uh, it, it, momentum is a word that I say so much, and really it just means any form of movement. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the right direction, but as long as you're moving, you are progressing as an individual and uh, you can make mistakes, you can fall down and you can you can um, have those those missteps, but every one of them is a learning experience in the long run. And so for parents, I would probably say, you know, consider every misstep that you made as a young adult and consider how you came out on the other end of it better. And so um, maybe that is just a point of reflection to say, it's okay to kind of let them fail a little bit. It's okay to to uh, loosen the reins and kind of let them experience life because um, life is one of the the best teachers um, because uh, oftentimes as, as parents, we struggle to communicate with, with our kids um, because they've heard it from us, a, you know, a million ways and they're used to tuning us out. And so, uh, but life is the voice that they haven't really heard yet. <laughs> uh, not to the same degree anyway. So they need to be able to hear that voice and hear it loud. And so um, that's where that's where you can kind of come in and, and say, well, I'll be your right-hand man. I'll, I'll kind of walk with you through this process, but I'm not, not going to do it for you. And then, you know, from the student perspective, I think one of the things that I would really say in terms of, uh, and I know I'm jumping the gun there, but <laughs> but uh, from the student perspective, it's really like try stuff, really get out and experiment, you know, get your hands on as much as, as humanly possible, you know, figuratively speaking, unless you're a hands-on learner, then liter literally get your <laughs> hands on stuff. But that is also going to really, really teach you a lot about how you respond. What are your emotional reactions to what you're experiencing with the, the stimuli that's, that's coming in? How, how is this feeling to you? Um, and you can't learn that through a book. You can't learn it on a website. You can only learn it by doing it um, to, to really get a true sense of, of how it's going to be. And wouldn't you rather have that? Wouldn't that be the most beneficial way for you to be able to learn about yourself is, is through that process rather than somebody trying to tell you what you are? Um, you know, so I think that that's a really an important aspect is just try to do as much as humanly possible to experience the world of work before you have to do it. Mm -hmm. No, I, I 100% agree with that. It's that whole aspect, get uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. that's so hard for youth. I mean, of any generation, I remember in high school, I was terrified of speaking in front of people. I'd be the kid that was like red as a tomato when I do school presentations and was <laughs> trying not to pass out or throw up. And now... Mm. I literally do it for a living and go out and talk to people. And it's so funny how that shift happens. But if you have to get uncomfortable, you have mm -hmm. to try things and you might hate it, but guess what? Cool. You can cross it off the list now and say, you know what? That's not for me. Perfect. You were able to narrow your list down instead of having this whole variety. Cause I know there are so many careers out there and there are so many careers that are going to be out there that aren't even existing yet in the next five to 10 years because of technology and all these things. And if you don't, get out there and just put yourself out there and try those things. Yeah. You're just, 
you're going to get stuck and overwhelmed and stressed out. And the mental health piece comes in and just all those aspects. So I love that. I think that is great. Just getting out there, try as much as you can. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fall down. You learn from all of that and you're going to be a better person at the end of it. So thank you so much, Brad, for coming. Last question for you before you wrap up the episode. How can people find you, connect with you? I mean, what 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 would you like them to know about working with you or whatever that looks like? Sure, sure. Um, well, th- probably the two most uh, places where I'm most active uh, right now, or I guess that is most easily accessible would probably be uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, however, I do experiment other places. <laughs> um, individuals can go to my website as well, uh, meanttobecareer.com. Uh, the meant is spelled M-I-N-T, play off the last name. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to connect with, uh, with anyone that kind of falls into that area um, of, uh, really kind of thinking about what's next. Um, in addition to a lot of the career clarity stuff, which I love and enjoy, um, I help individuals with, um, the, the personal branding elements, um, you know, just getting grounded on, uh, how to communicate your mission the right way through your resume, through your LinkedIn profile, uh, how to position yourself for opportunities so that you can get interviews. Uh, so I work on the job search elements as well. That's awesome. Yep. That's great. So yeah, definitely connect with Brad. We'll drop all of his links in our um, show notes. There we go. The show Uh, notes will be there. Exactly. (laughs) So I really appreciate you coming on today. This has been awesome getting to hear you and get to kind of like tag team on this stuff and, and really just hear that, look, it's not just me saying this stuff, y'all. Like there's other people that are in this space that they see, you see it, you know, you see you're with these students all the time you know what works and what doesn't work. So thank you. Be sure to connect with Brad on social media and you know, follow him. He does some amazing posts and things and really just get that guidance and help for finding your the right career path for your teen and young adult or for you if you are the teen and young adult. So again, thank you so much for being here today, Brad. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you for tuning in to another unfiltered episode of Adulting Unplugged. If you enjoyed today's discussion and found it helpful, Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you want even more resources, tips, and tricks, then go to our website at www.adulting-university.com, also in the show notes, and jump on our email list to keep up with all the latest and greatest. Until next time, remember that adulting is an ongoing journey, and we're here to help you every step of the way. Stay tuned for more insightful episodes, and in the meantime, keep adulting unplugged.